0: Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is where you are, I hope you're well. Today I wanted to talk about, um, I feel like a very common misconception people have about Christianity, and I'm particularly talking here about um, to people who've already dedicated their life to God, um, who are Christian already, but also this can, you might be able to relate to this if you're also seeking. And uh, that's this idea, this philosophy that's permeated mainstream culture of um, self-improvement. And look, hey, I was in this for a very, very long time before I gave up on self-improvement. I actually gave it up. Scripture tells us something very unique um, in regards to all other faiths, all other philosophies, in that self, well, first of all, the self is an illusion. But the idea of improving the self, of becoming better, is impossible. Paul talks about this in the laws. He says that the the, the laws were, a fr- well, first of all, a fruitless exercise, because once you know what's wrong, you end up doing it. Paul also said that the law is, um, a, and he said it's accursed in that way. Paul also says something else interesting about the laws, and that's, um, that salvation is an act of grace. Lest anyone thinks that by their own self-effort they have um, won their salvation. You can't win your salvation through self-effort. It simply cannot be done. It's an act of grace. Now, what is this act of grace? How does it appear? It appears when someone makes a conscious decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. What that means is that you have recognized what Jesus who Jesus is and what he's done. Even if you haven't reached that point in your journey, to simply ask or recognize that maybe you could learn a lot from this Jesus guy and you invite him into your life. He will come. That's another incredible thing about Christianity that is unique among all faiths, is that the Holy Spirit is real and people are changed in this act of grace. You can't say that in Buddhism. In Buddhism, how many people have become enlightened after the Buddha? <laughs> None. If any, um, none is the answer. To improve the self to that much of a degree is impossible. Think of yourself any time you've tried to improve something about yourself. I'm not talking about going to the gym, but even simply being nicer, being kinder. Do you find that the more you try and develop that part of yourself, the more difficult it seems to be? That you backtrack or that you rebound like an elastic band towards what is bad again. That you can try with all your might to become nice. Nice, by the way, from the old French word meaning stupid. You can try and become nice all you want, but it's not going to result in you actually becoming from the inside out a better person. (laughs) Lest anyone think by changing your outside, you can change your inside. Scripture does not teach that. Scripture teaches that the self is irredeemable. Yes, there is no self and it's irredeemable. That man's nature is corrupted, not corruptible, which it is, but it's corrupted from the get-go. We're working on an animal versus spiritual framework. And this framework, man does not have a redeeming quality. We say, okay, man doesn't have redeeming quality, I mean there are nice people in the world, There are um, good people who yes there are. Many of them are Christian. Many of them are not though. Many of them follow other religions which um, teach you to be good. Being good is part of that social contract. Now, is it really the case that someone is good from the inside out? Or is that niceness or that goodness a means of them displaying their spiritual advancement, quote unquote advancement? Will they stay that nice when stuff hits the fan? If we are facing now with end times and um, we're now looking at food shortages, are those people going to stay as nice as they did? Perhaps not. Man's nature is irredeemable. It brings us this idea of the philosophy of, you know, kind of choosing your faith out of a catalogue. Again, I did this from experience. I um, was raised Catholic, then became Buddhist, then received the Holy Spirit, and then for 10 years, I tried to create my own version of Christianity. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's, we, it doesn't work. Choosing your faith out of a catalog does not work. Choosing elements of other belief systems to add into your faith, faith framework does not work either. Yogi, yoga, um, tai chi, um, transcendental meditation, all these things that are not scriptural, they're not Christian, and you um, may actually harm yourself more than you help yourself with these things. They're foreign belief practices. This idea of, of um, an ascending self that's done through meditation, it, that is not what Christ teaches. It is not a Christian concept. And this is why Christianity is just so different compared to the faith. Because it's not through our own effort that we become better. It's by Christ's effort through us. We become small so he becomes larger than us. Our self dematerializes, we lose our self to him. That in itself is a very scary concept for a lot of people. You could liken it to Nietzsche looking at the abyss. The loss of self, what does that mean? Your personality is gone, is the way you speak gone? Think of it this way, your neuroses are gone when you lose yourself. When you realize that you've done a very poor job of creating that self-identity, a lot of YouTubers see this. A lot of celebrities—they've gone to such efforts to create this persona, this halo around them—and they end up depressed. They end up suicidal. A lot of them commit suicide. Um, why is that? Because it's fruit, its fruitless, and it's um, ultimately n- not satisfying. When you build up that personality or personhood that other people look up to, but it's not your real self. What a schism you're creating, right? What a schism. They say, oh, well, the response is just be yourself. Just be yourself is probably the worst, the worst advice I've ever heard in your entire life. That is a permission, and it's a satanic idea. Be very careful what you consume because you could be consuming satanic ideas. This is a satanic concept of do what that will. Everything revolves around that idea. Do what that will. In other words, doesn't harm anyone else. There's no harm in you doing it. That's wrong. That's not a scriptural teaching. That's not a scriptural teaching. If someone if you're a Christian and someone's doing something wrong, it's your duty, it's your obligation to talk with them, say, hey, this isn't a good idea. Are you sure you want to do this? Do what that will idea is well. Those two people, they're hitting each other, they're being violent. Well, they can do what they want, right? It's their choice. They're making bad choices. Anyway, that satanic that that, satan- that satanic idea of be yourself, means that you have then, you give yourself permission to do whatever depraved thing or thing that is is a bad idea for you in your day-to-day life. How does that manifest? Well, you know, I can say, well, I'm going to steal this thing. I'm being myself. Or I can be loud or obnoxious in public. Or I can be an asshole. You know what? I'm going to treat this person badly because I'm just being myself. Who on earth is this self? It is a malleable self that is malle that is made malleable through culture what you what you consume becomes you your thoughts become you so as scripture talks about this it talks about the bridal tongue. you must bridle your tongue because the tongue is the source of many evils. what you speak into the world becomes reality. I think it was the the popularized secret of series that um, came out with that first but it's bunk. Not entirely bunk, but it's this law of cause and effect that whatever you put out, you receive. So if you're putting out negativity in the world, yeah, you're going to receive negativity back. It's a reflection to your spirit. But again, you cannot you cannot go to any any sort of lengths or steps to say, I'm going to, I'm going to make myself better. It can't be done. Scripture teaches us that it is in identifying with Christ and giving the Father the autonomy to work through you to become a blank canvas for him, to become like a child. Jesus says it so well. He says he complements the wisdom of the father, that it's his wisdom from the learned and the wise and giving it instead to children. What does that mean? It means that children that no longer perceive, that don't perceive the world through this lens of self, in fact, lived in this world with, with God himself. They don't distinguish between others. They don't have these ideas of a selfhood and autonomy. That's where the beauty of the Christian journey is. Another part of of beauty in this is that we don't have to do things in our own effort. Now, I was in this trap for a very long time. I wanted to do great works for God. I still do want to do great works for God, but I felt I needed to. And I felt also, too, I had this blank canvas of um, I wanted to become like a really great person and thought that in my Christian pursuit, I could, well, simply work through the concepts of scripture to work on things like selfhood and authority and pride and those type of things as if as if it was through my own effort that i could redeem myself but i cannot if we accept what the scripture says to be true then it's salvation no one through their own works lest they think salvation can come through them is salvation a one and done process as many believe no salvation is constantly unfolding within us So many Christians are under the very mistaken falsehood that by accepting Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, they will have eternal life. (laughs) Wow. If only it were that simple. So you mean to say that if you just say those words out loud and don't even really mean them, that you'll receive salvation? It's as simple as saying a, a sentence. Many Christians believe that. I know many Christians who feel like they're going to heaven because simply they said they accept Jesus Christ as Lord. What a convenient belief system that is. Now, people feel like it's as simple, it really is as simple as going to church, saying those words, and you're done. You have guaranteed eternal life. Wrong. So many Christians are living in this lie. So many. It requires you to receive the Holy Spirit to have received salvation, and then Scripture teaches salvation can be lost. It can be lost. And what does it mean to lose salvation? It means to blaspheme. Jesus says the one unforgivable thing is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. What does to blaspheme mean? It means, in Greek, blasphemos means to speak impiously or irreverently about. To treat in a bad way. Blasphemos is often in the words, but it's also in actions too. So the unforgivable is when you, um, the unforgivable is when you receive the Holy Spirit, and then you actively disregard the Holy Spirit in your life. Salvation can no longer unfold within you if you if this happens. You have to allow this process to work. Now this process is not one of laziness. It's not one of simply saying, "Well, I'm just going to allow God to work through me." God is not a passive force. God is an active force, and so many people make this make this mistake too. They put God in a box. It's their personal God. They say, "Well, you know what? God's I'm going to let let God take control of this. Jesus take the wheel kind of stuff." Love the concept if it's true, but so often for people that means I'm I'm passively letting go of the situation and allowing this concept of God which I often people have in their heads. Um, and not the God of the Bible, This the God, of, the it's the God in, of themselves, their own selves, that has um, that autonomy. So, I mean, a lot of Christians have these mistaken viewpoints, they do. Those who've received the Holy Spirit and are on this walk know that the way is extremely narrow. Jesus said it is the narrow mountain path. It is not easy. To get onto a path where you're right with God and you're moving towards him, you first of all need to accept the Holy Spirit, which is not as difficult as people think, but also not as common as people think. It requires a place, and this is why Jesus says that it's extremely difficult. Not impossible. That's a mistranslation. He said it's extremely difficult for the rich to enter heaven because he gives the example of the camel and the idol of the needle. Now, the camel, camelos, is... um, one of two things, it actually means both, which is kind of cool. It's a fully laden camel, and the eye of the needle is actually a small narrow gate in Jerusalem. So in order to get through the gate, the camel would have to unload all its stuff, then pass through, the bags are passed through as well, and then the the camel's reloaded on. In other words, you have to take off everything else. Camelos also is a thick um, rope that's used to tie ships to harbors, to get it through the eye of a needle, which you know is very narrow, you have to unravel and untwist every fiber of that rope and feed it through one by one. Very difficult to do. You have to feed one part of that rope through the needle. The whole, the whole rope will not pass. The needle's head is only big enough. Both these two, as with all things in Scripture, have that double meaning. It's beautiful. It's extremely difficult. Extremely difficult to enter the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is residing with God with the Holy Spirit in your heart. Now, why is it difficult? Well, it requires that act of you've lost everything. You've realized you've done a bad job of running your life. You're depressed. You're sad. People who are happy, they don't ask the Holy Spirit into their lives. People who've given up hope, ask the Holy Spirit into their lives. And then you either read scripture, read the story of Jesus... Or simply knowing who he is, ask him into your life. You say, Jesus, the prayer I I did 10 plus years ago was, and I prayed to God. God, if you're there, I'd like to get to know you. Reading the book of Matthew is a great step before you do that. And the Lord will come to you. It's not as simple, it's not as as easy as just saying, oh, read Romans 8.14 and then read John 3.16 and now say this prayer and you're saved. It's not that simple. There's heart intent behind it. It's ceding authority and your, over to God. It's ceding your autonomy over to God. And this is why another part of the Christian journey is so beautiful, is that it, in the Garden of Eden, we were given self-will, self-autonomy. We were given knowledge of what is bad and what is good. And as Paul says, when we received knowledge of what is bad, we felt the temptation to do it because we knew it was wrong. Right? It's like before you know about sex. And then you learn what sex is. And you learn you shouldn't do it until you get married. But now you've learned about it, you really want to try it, so you end up doing it. <laughs> and That leads to all sorts of problems. All sorts of problems. The same thing goes to the law. So, And then we have now the knowledge of God. We have the knowledge of what is bad and what is good. God asks us to choose only what is good to be like him. So in the, in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, through whom no one can understand. The f- How could you relate to a supreme being without Jesus? How could you? When we when we give what is most important to us and what is most important to human beings is is our freedom. That's why slavery is so abhorrent because our freedom is what makes it is the most important human quality. When we give our freedom over to God, and by freedom I I mean. We are no longer able to do what is wrong. We can only do what is right. That's 50% of any decision taken out, right? You can no longer do those things. That is the old creation because those things led to your death, your spiritual death. They all do. All sin, all problems like that lead to our spiritual death. When we invite the Holy Spirit into us, he changes us from the inside. Something that no other, nothing else nothing else like that can happen to you. By your own effort and every other belief, Christianity is unique. Not by our own effort, but by this act of grace, we receive this new spirit within us. This becomes an extension to, it becomes a guide to our conscience. It becomes a thing with feathers that perches on the soul. It becomes a guide and a connection with God. It becomes a compass. It becomes a means of distinguishing between what is right and wrong. It is wisdom itself. And it is something which can grow and, 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 and become part, of bit, part more of a part of us than before. It's an active essence within us. Some people say it's a person. I don't know where they got that from. It's definitely an active essence. And it is real and it is powerful and it is important. When you invite Jesus into your life, he sends the Holy Spirit as that guide for you and you would change the inside out. At that moment, you have... Entered the kingdom of heaven. Now what happens is. Is that. When you start then. And it does happen. Because you still have free will. You've just ideally ceded that free will to God. But when you make that conscious choice. You can still choose whether you sin or not. The temptation to sin is still there. You have a stronger conscience. Convicting you that it's wrong. But you can still do it. Now when you do that sin as Christians do, there's a temptation to cheat or something, whatever that is that and Christians call that Satan, Satanus, the, the, the tempter, the, the deceiver, the slanderer gives us false knowledge through logic, so often through logic that tells us that something we know is wrong can be done. It's that same voice in our head that we hear when we try and convince ourselves to buy a product, that marketing voice. But it's more insidious because it leads us to our destruction. That is Satan, and Satan can influence a lot of people, and in fact does influence a lot of people. But when we make that choice then for evil, the spirit cannot dwell within us. The spirit cannot dwell within a cell, a, a person who has um, is following that evil in their lives, who is purposely sinning. And that's where this this um, Reconciliation comes from it. We realize, God, you know what? Your way is the best way. And yes, I was deceived by Satan. And I'm sorry. And this is what I realized about what's going on inside of me that I need help with. Because salvation, again, is, constant, is an active process. It's not a one and done. So when you go then back to the Lord and you say you're sorry, you repent for your sins. You say, Lord, this is what I did wrong and this is wrong and this is why. the the bible can convict you of that your spirit can convict you or you realize that peace and that's the most wonderful thing about the spirit perhaps is that you feel a deep sense of peace that transcends all understanding it's astonishing you can rest on it it's this it's the home and the place of joy that you've been seeking your entire life but was it within you all the entire time the kingdom of god is within you so the Spirit withdraws. The Spirit then comes back when you realize what you've done is wrong and you're forgiven of that sin and you become, again, once again, in that place of salvation. It requires you, and really the most simple way to live this Christian journey is just simply to give that self-will over to God. He, 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 you belong to Him. That means that we're no longer taking in that active role that we might have used to before about self-development. We no longer take that position in life that we have to improve ourselves we don't need to do that anymore. It's not by our own effort that we can find salvation. It's in surrendering that self to God, in letting go of that, uh, that falsehood of what self is, of that unique personality that's pushed in the media, the, the big personality. No. We see that authority of the Christ, and Christ, through the, the, the Father, through us, through the Holy Spirit, molds us into becoming like his son. And that is the goal that although the Father loves us all, he does not approve us of us all equally. We must labor for him by giving by letting go of ourselves and surrendering that to the Father. when we do that, we're on that path to salvation that's why this is an extremely narrow path because you know what there are so many obstacles in your way to um, so much programming by the church the church is the biggest obstacle to people's faith today it is the, it is the biggest obstacle churches are a disaster because they can find God and so many pastors they have, don't have a relationship with God so for so many it's a career I have met less than a handful of Christians who have become pastors who have really received the Holy Spirit and they are very different They are very different. These pastors who are sinning and they're leading these lives of sin, I don't see the example of the Holy Spirit within them. Where is it? Where is it? When the Holy Spirit works through you, you have a fire and a a confidence and a strength that is supernatural that works within you. But it is not for your glory or benefit. It is for God's glory and God's glory alone. This was the source of Jesus' strength. Jesus had no strength in himself. Do not think for a moment. And if you if you think this is the case, you have not opened your Bible because Jesus does never does a miracle by his own effort. It's always to glorify and magnify the Father. He says this in the breaking of the fishes. He says this so many times. And it is actually other people's belief that Jesus is who he says he is that allow them to receive a healing. Not everyone is healed. This is not... This is not, don't think of Jesus' gatherings in um, ancient Judea as being everyone turns up, everyone returns with a healing. In fact, sometimes it's just one person in the crowd received that healing that day because they believed. It's like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And yet, you know what? I have been duped. And yet, you know what? I have done a bad job of managing my own life. And you know what? I'm going to put my complete faith and confidence in what he says and who he is. And right there and then they believe. Right there and then they believe. Did they receive the Holy Spirit? No, not until Jesus had died. But they received their healing. And they were forever changed by that man. Forever changed. Have you been forever changed by Jesus? You know if you've received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not positive thinking. It's not a clappy, clappy attitude. It is a substantial reworking of the inner self. And you become, you, you're able to love in a way that's not natural. That was described to me recently by another Christian. You're able to, describe, you're able to love in a way that is not natural. I'm not, the way that I, who, who I am, I am not able to love. The way I'm able to love today is not how I was always able to love. The Spirit changed me. It worked through me. And it is alive and active right now. So the original takeaway with this was be very careful which philosophies you bring into life because our God is a jealous God. First, the, the commandments say you should have no other God. It actually should be translated as power, which I think is more, more effective and makes more sense. Um, you should have no other power before me. When you pick and choose from different faiths and philosophies to, say, to think of something that makes sense in your own head, that's Satan talking to you. Because Satan is the great deceiver and he works in the logical mind. It's not to say you shouldn't love the Lord your God with your logical mind. But the logic, as Paul correctly, so correctly points out, is both a tool for good and a tool for evil. Your mind can convince you of anything under the sun. Anything under the sun. Is it true? Who knows? You have to put your faith in scripture. And that's what ceding that authority over to the Father means. That you... Identify within him the way, the truth, and the life through the, 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 who Jesus Christ is. When you put your faith in him, when you truly put your faith in him, you also put the faith in scripture. That it's with Jesus' help, and with the Holy Spirit's guidance, you can become the type of person your father approves of, but not the person you have in your head. The person the father approves of. And that requires self-sacrifice. The sacrifice of the self. The, the symbolism of, Ab- of Abraham and Isaac is in the same symbolism of Jesus Christ on the cross, the death of the self, the resurrection thereafter. That is what we're to do. The self is such an illusional lie. To become normal, to become normal in the Father's eyes, in other words, to become like Jesus is what our goal is. Not to become Jesus. We, we in our humility, we lower ourselves... So that he can become larger than us. He become enlarged. Again, and this is right there in scripture. The self is not redeemable. It is through this act of grace that we change. So um, think about that. If you've got any practice in your life, like yoga or tai chi or transcendental meditation, it's unlikely that you've actually reached that stage where you're even on the way yet. The way being the path, the odos, the road, as it's described in Scripture. You're probably not spending enough time reading Scripture. You're probably not deepening your relationship with the Lord. It is in our relationship only with Jesus Christ that we refine what is good. And don't think for a second that, oh, I've read it, I know it, I know it already, now I'm looking for the next answer. The answers are all in Scripture. Nowhere else. If you're really understanding what this book is and the power of who God is and the power of Jesus Christ in your life you should be addicted to reading this book. I could read it a lot more than I do but I know of its value. Whenever I read, I read scripture. I have little time or patience for any other book at this point. There's so much there. There's so much there. It's unbelievable. It's such a beautiful book. It contains every lesson and everything we ever need to know in life. And it is not our role or place or position to um, choose, pick and choose what we do or do not like in this book. It is, from my translation uh, experience, everything there that is supposed to be there is there. Any errors you feel are in scripture are simply errors in understanding. That, That book is perfect. That book is perfect. And so few people even realize how powerful it is. But look, if you've got those practices like meditation and yoga and anything that's not from Christianity, your life, be wary of them. Be careful of them. In fact, I'd recommend putting them on pause. Put them on pause. Immerse yourself in your relationship with the Lord and the Scripture and it will pay dividends. Pay dividends the rest of your life. And you will feel the fire and the conviction of the Holy Spirit will dwell within you. You will not lose your... When you lose yourself, you will lose your agency completely to do what is bad. If you still love sin, then you're not going to be able to give up yourself. If there's any part of you that loves to sin, you cannot do it. It requires being impeccable. That is difficult. But it is not done by effort. It is done by surrender. I hope you see the difference. It is not done by effort. It is done by surrender. This is, a, this is a, a, an active process that is done without us interfering. And it is the word interfering. When you're choosing different belief systems to mix and match, you're interfering with that process. You haven't allowed it to develop within you. You're not on the way. So if you're a Christian who you think you haven't received the Holy Spirit, and you haven't had that moment where you have been changed from the inside out, then pray for it pray for it. We have a a phone number on our website jmessiah.org Call. We'll pray with you and talk these things through. It's 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 always a good use of time to talk these things over with with believers. If you're a Christian and you think that your salvation was simply won by um, saying a short prayer, then um, you're also mistaken too. I hope this has been helpful.